On this episode of Mike Drop Dallas, we're talking Dallas Stars hockey with all-star Jason Robertson. We're talking Athletes Unlimited basketball coming to Dallas for the first time with founder and CEO John Patrickoff. And we're talking women's sports with journalist Erica Ayala. All of that and much more here on Season 3, Episode 3. Let's drop the mic and let's go. Welcome to Mike Drop Dallas, everybody, the official podcast of the Dallas Sports Commission. Kevin Sullivan here, along with Sports Commission Executive Director, hardest working woman in show business, Monica Paul, and our on-air producer, Next Level, Marcus Carr. Monica, what's happened at the uh, Sports Commission? I know you always have a lot going on. Well, exciting week um, this week uh, from a Women's Final Four standpoint. We had a a huge press conference over at the American Airlines Center where we really unveiled all the other ancillary events that are going to be taking place. So uh, your, our community and, and kids and youth and basketball enthusiasts will be able to head over to the K. Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center and take part in Turning Town. We've got the bounce coming up where we'll hopefully have over 2,500 kids uh, receiving a basketball and bouncing from City Hall into Turning Town. We're going to be crowning a champion to our read to the final four program uh, over at the American Airlines Center. And, you know, we've got huge numbers of participation already just as of today over, I think, 1.5 million minutes read. Uh, so that program is really taken off and excited about that. We have a court dedication out at Maddie Nash Davis uh, Parks and Rec uh, facility in West Dallas. Uh, we'll, we'll be dedicating a court and putting that down for our, our community to be able to use. And this is a facility that didn't have a basketball court uh, uh, there and one that they, they needed and, and wanted. So excited to be able to do that. And there's just so much other programming that is taking place uh, around the Women's Final Four and activations that, you know, we we hosted in 2017, but this is a much different uh, uh, Final Four in, in 2023. It's a culmination of a 50th anniversary celebration of Title IX. Um, we've got a Women's Basketball Hall of Fame uh, breakfast and, and, and presentation that will be taking place. The Women's Basketball Coaches Association uh, will have their conference and convention in town. Sports ETA, Women's Summit uh, will be taking place. So just a lot of different opportunities and even some we're still trying to create and see where we can we can fit in. But uh, overall, it's going to be a great celebration of women's sports, women's basketball. And with that, uh, also uh, this week, uh, uh, Athletes Unlimited kicked off their first uh, season here in Dallas for professional uh, women's basketball out at the Fair Park Coliseum. So really excited to see a lot of those WNBA players uh, here in Dallas taking uh, uh, the court and really an overall great opportunity for kids and girls and, you know, basketball coaches, whether it's on a junior high level, high school, collegiate level, to get out and see that level of basketball and really, really celebrate and um, you know, I'm hopeful that our, our community will take their kids out because it is a, I mean, that, that's a high level of basketball that's, that's taking place out at, at Fair Park and, and those professional athletes. Uh, so sometimes we don't get those those opportunities. And I think it's special that Athletes Unlimited is here the year that 
uh, we're hosting a women's final four in the overall celebration of of what Title IX is. So uh, that's the main thing. But I ha- we'll have to tease that uh, March 20th that uh, we're preparing for a big announcement on March 20th. I can't say anything uh, in addition to that, but uh, very exciting and uh, I think an honor from a from a city and region standpoint. Well, hopefully, when you're ready, we'll break that news right here on Mike Trap Dallas. I'm glad that you detailed the community events connected with the women's final four, because, you know, maybe the average person thinks the it's all about the game, but really you put as much time into, and your team puts as much time into leaving a legacy behind in the community. That's a big part of the bid to get these big events, right? Is what, what we're going to do for the community. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes that's the most special uh, as well that, uh, you know, you can see, the the young girls eyes light up or the smiles and you know sometimes the tears for for what some of these events or you know even the fact that from a bounce standpoint they're going to get a basketball well you don't think that maybe some of those kids don't have a basketball or don't have the means to to it or don't have a court to to play on so they never get those opportunities so a lot of times it's the community stuff that really tugs at those heartstrings and at, at the end of the day you know makes you feel fantastic and, and good about yourself and uh, what your organization has done and, and what this event truly means to the city, because we all know that these events bring in the economic impact and the incremental tax dollars, which absolutely that is our main mission and, you know, and, you know, positioning Dallas as a premier sports destination. So that definitely checks the box there, but uh, it's sometimes those community events that uh, really kind of make the most impact and leave that lasting legacy because we don't we never want to bring an event in and then it's gone and right um you know it's uh, on to the next one so this one uh, has a pretty special meaning in in our hearts here at the sports commission well very cool and now we are back in a moment with marcus carr on official mic drop dallas assignment with a very special interview with dallas stars all-star jason robertson marcus is so close now he can call him robo but a great, great interview coming up with Marcus and Jason Robertson after a word over to, after going over to Rachel with a word from one of our sponsors. The NCAA Women's Final Four is coming back to Dallas March 31st through April 2nd at the American Airlines Center. Don't miss the electric atmosphere and witness the pinnacle of women's basketball. Learn more at NCAA.com slash women's final four. We'll see you there. Welcome to the mic drop. Jason Robertson, Dallas Stars, newly uh, all-star. He signed a four-year deal with the Stars, keeping him here for another four years. Jason, you're back from all-star break. Can you talk a little bit about your experience? You know, it's your first appearance. What was it like? Uh, Kind of take us through that. Yeah, obviously it's special to be on the ice with all those, you know, hockey players at Talent. Uh, And to be named there and represent our team is uh, something incredibly humbling and uh, special to me, so um, definitely at that biggest stage where everyone's uh, watching, it's pretty fun. Can you take me through some of the unique things off the ice? You know, we see you guys um, on the ice, but what, what are some no. cool things off the ice that you thought that stood out to you? Uh, well, I mean, just seeing all the people, meeting all the players, um, really just kind of gelling with everyone, learning, yeah. you know, where guys are from and everything, so it's uh, something you don't really do you know, only here with your team to be able to do it with other players too is pretty uh, pretty neat and uh, yeah I mean hopefully I get a, another chance to do that again. 
your journey to an all-star, you know, to making an all-star appearance wasn't a conventional one. How much more special was it? And, you know, how, how special was it that your parents were there and, you know, it was, it was back in California. Can you take us a little bit through that and what that meant to you? Wait, 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 the all-star game? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously it wasn't, uh, <laughs> you know, it was something a lot special for my parents to be there. Um, I think it was a little more special for them because they, you know, they grew up with me throughout my hockey career, getting drafted, OHL, you know, juniors, NHL, American League. So they've been through the whole process. So, you know, it was just another step for them to, to be a part of the journey and um, to get the first one out and done with is something they probably checked off the list more than me. So uh, it was really, uh, really special and uh, hopefully you can do it again another time. You had a historic season for the Stars last year, you know, another stellar season. You know, can you take me through, you know, the knack of, you know, scoring? Is there something, is there a little special recipe there for you? Like, when did you realize that you kind of had a knack for finding the goal? Uh, I mean, it doesn't really take, don't realize that, but um, just the amount of practice um, I put in my whole career is something that I've always, always had, finding new ways to score goals. I've always loved practicing, coming to the ice, you know, shooting goalies. Um, I've always loved playing games and everything. You kind of just develop that, that habit of, you know, where to shoot it, how to shoot it, get it through guys and everything. So you just develop those instincts. And um, that's something I've developed over the course of my professional career, too, and still um, still improving every day. The Stars have remained committed to creating a very diverse fan base, especially this season. You know, you being the fourth Filipino-American uh, in the NHL. Um, can you talk about, you know, what that's like and what key growth factors you think could really tap into to your community? Oh, absolutely. I think Dallas, you know, one of the best organizations that try to, you know, increase um, their fan base. And of course, Texas is very diverse. So, um, you know, they're they're hosting different nights. You know, they're providing hockey for kids all around here and they do a fantastic job. So um, I think more and more as years go by, I probably want to get more involved in doing some stuff. But uh, as for now, I mean, um, they're, they're, you know, top notch and uh, really increasing it because it, it is it's pretty significant. Um, you know, how many players and people come up to me and say, you know, they want to start hockey and how, you know, the foundation has helped them a lot too. You've kind of solidified yourself as a key leader in, in, around the Stars organization, but you've learned from some of the greats, you know, Joe, Tyler, Jamie. Can you take me through some of those things that they've taught you and what you're learning as you're, you know, as you get older and your journey continues? Yeah, well, I think uh, being a leader, you know, being pretty vocal, um, I think getting to know the players is what's pretty important. Um, knowing you know how they respond to anything, knowing what they'll they'll need and uh, everything. So th those guys are definitely, you know, Jamie's just hit a thousand games, so they're very uh, season well seasoned. So um, definitely, I hope to get there get there at one point. And um, you know, you don't need a letter to be a leader on the team, but um, definitely, I look up to to those guys with them, and um, I still do. I mean, I'm thirty in the league. I still you know get, have utmost respect for everyone, uh, for those guys, listen to them and. Um, it's pretty important down the stretch and when you get into the dog days of the season and playoffs where, um, you know, it's just you against everyone, you know, everyone in the locker room, uh, gets a team, the rest, whoever, other fans, it gets hostile. So uh, you got to trust your leaders, trust the, the veterans, and uh, we have a great group of them. You, you talked about getting into the dog days, you know, the, the grind period. You guys are really hot right now. Every game starting to really matter. You know, how do you guys... How do you see the season progressing and keeping that mentality of every every win matters at this point? Yeah, well, I think especially this month, we have a lot of time in between games. Uh, normally, we'll just have a game, day off, game, day off, game, day off, and uh, everything. So 
get two games, two games, two or three games each week now, so you have a lot more time to digest the previous game and learn from it. Uh, whereas you just, you know, gotta keep playing and not even think about it. So we'll take this time to keep digesting each game um, and just uh, get prepared for the next one because they're just they're they're really important, like you said. Last question: Dallas has tried to solidify itself as a premier sports destination. You've been here for a little bit. What are your some favorite things about you know? Dallas as a sports place. Um, what are your favorite things to do around Dallas? Um, kind of give us a little bit of insight now. You've been here for a while. Yeah, well, I think obviously the biggest thing um, it's got to be the Cowboys. I mean, uh, I've never seen a city uh, get behind a you know sports team yeah. as much as the Cowboys. So obviously uh, to be a part of that, I know they're in Arlington, but been playing Dallas. So uh, as well as the Mavs here, you know, and the Rangers and everything. So it's a big sports town. You know, it's got all four teams. You even got the MLS team a little north of here. So. Um, it's great to be a part of it. A lot of uh, a lot of things to do here in Dallas. A lot of games and um, yeah, it's the weather. Obviously, is, is really nice too. Not so much now, but normally. And uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely the one of the more premier places to play hockey. In. Thanks, Jason, yeah. for your time today. We'll throw it over to Rachel for a word from one of our sponsors. All right, you won't want to miss the action as season two of Athletes Unlimited Basketball takes place at Fair Park Coliseum from February 23rd through March 25th. The world-class roster includes WNBA stars Natasha Cloud, Alicia Gray, Nalissa Smith, 2022 WNBA champion Sydney Colson, and more. All Athletes Unlimited game days will include access to two games, autograph opportunities, and a chance to shoot on the court. Get your tickets today at AUProSports.com. And joining us on the Mic Drop Dallas today, we have John Patrickoff, a great friend of ours at the Sports Commission in the city of Dallas. He's a CEO of Athletes Unlimited, which he co-founded in March 2020. Uh, Athletes Unlimited uh, has women's professional leagues in softball, indoor volleyball, basketball, and lacrosse. Uh, here in Dallas, we've been lucky to host the Volleyball League uh, for the last two years, Uh and I want to give a big shout out to our friend of the podcast, uh, Molly McCage, who joined us uh, a few times. Uh, and this year, Fair Park Coliseum will be the home to Athletes Unlimited Women's Basketball League with 30 games starting on February 22nd. John's the former president of NYFC of the MLS and in the cool job category, formerly was the president of Tribeca Enterprises, which, among other things, puts on the Tribeca Film Festival. John, welcome to the Mic Drop Dallas. Thanks, Monica. It's great to be here. So, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know about Athletes Unlimited, and it's something that's very dear to my heart and special for what I think we do uh, here in Dallas from a sports standpoint, especially around women's sports. Uh John, give us give our listeners an idea of what is that Athletes Unlimited model and what makes it so unique. Yep. So, um, well, well, again, it, it it's great to be here. Um, Athletes Unlimited is, uh, pro leagues in indoor volleyball, basketball, lacrosse, and softball, and uh, we started back in 2020. And and really, the way we started was we thought about uh, there being a huge opportunity to women's pro sports. We'd seen the success uh, at the college level, especially with sports like volleyball and softball. And honestly, it just didn't make sense to us why the pro leagues at, at, at the on the women's side hadn't succeeded the way we thought they should. Uh, I had come out of the soccer world and I started to notice just how big the audiences were and how much enthusiasm there was for the World Cup on the women's side. Uh, the women's national team, and it made me look into the pro leagues, and I just saw a big opportunity. I'd seen how quickly Major League Soccer had grown, 
and, and, you know, again, that was a league that when it started, there were a lot of naysayers. And then over the, the time I was there, I just saw the interest grow, the value grow, uh, fandom grow. And I just said, this should be happening on the women's side. So jumped in, uh, partnered with Jonathan Soros, who's now my fellow co-founder in, in AU, um, brought on a lot of great people onto the team. And uh, we came up with this idea for short seasons, five-week seasons that would happen in one city and would bring together uh, four teams worth of the best players. Uh, and they'd compete in a new form of competition where each week teams would be drafted and redrafted. Uh, and the players would get points based on how well they do and how well their team does. And they'd move up and down a leaderboard. Every play, every moment counts. Um, and at the end of week one, uh, the top four players on the leaderboard become captains for week two. We reshuffle the teams through a new draft. And we go through that same process for five weeks. And at the end of uh, the fifth week, whoever's at the top of the leaderboard is the champion, takes home the biggest prize, and everybody else gets pri you know, prize money based on where they end up in the leaderboard. So it's got that uh, format that I think is fun, exciting, and it's also really great for the players. The players are heavily involved in everything that's happening uh, on and off the court. And uh, so far, so good. It's nine seasons that we've run since 2020. And we couldn't be more excited for, for season two of basketball to kick off in February. Well, you definitely, uh, one of the unique things I think is your PEC player executive committee, which is very special and uh, we're not going to get into it, but you really started uh, AU in 2020, right as the pandemic began. Uh, so some would think maybe a little bit tough timing there, but maybe it was an advantage uh, at the same time. So um you started, you know, additional sports uh, as well after that uh, initial softball and then volleyball season. Uh, is Athletes Unlimited kind of where you'd hoped it would be? I always know that you're looking for growth opportunities, so I can only imagine what your future long-term plans might be. But, uh, you know, how, how do you feel where you're at right now? It's far exceeded our expectations. I mean, when we launched softball in 2020, you mentioned it, and we announced we announced on March 3rd of 2020 that we were going to be starting our league in August. Uh, pandemic hit. Um, you know, the model I described, five weeks in one location with a limited number of players, where a, the emphasis is really on a great in-person experience, but really also on global media coverage. You know, it might sound a little bit like, uh, you know, the, the bubble, right, that the NBA and the WNBA, you know, famously created. And so for us, um, we were able to keep going. Um, there were a lot of opportunities because a lot of leagues shut down and weren't playing over the summer. And we plowed right ahead and had a great first season of softball. Um, great partners like ESPN and CBS. Great partners came on board like Geico and Nike and a whole host of others. And so got off to a great start and rolled right into volleyball, you know, in Dallas and in, in February of 2021, that was our, our second season. Um, and that went incredibly well. And once we started to realize that the scoring system was working, that the format was working, the athletes are loving it. And of course, most importantly, the fans were loving it. Um, we were able to welcome back fans in the summer for uh, our season one of lacrosse and have had fans back in the stadium since then. So that, that first year, obviously it wasn't great not having fans in the stadium, but, but we were able to, you know, put on a great league, uh, make it through no cancellations of games, knock on wood. And uh, now um, I'm just so proud of, of uh, how well it's worked. First and foremost was the athletes having a great experience and the product being amazing, what happens on the court. But then beyond that, Fans are having an amazing time. I think when you come to an Athletes Unlimited game, um, again, whether it's been volleyball in the past in Dallas or now coming up with basketball, I think people see how much fun the athletes are having. 
how intense the competition is because they're points on the line every play, every quarter. I think that then filters into the enthusiasm of the fans. So, uh, you know, I, we were able to host two, two years of volleyball, you know, kind of disappointed we, we're not going to continue in the future, but totally understand the, the decision there and the changing of uh, season and scheduling. Uh, but I, I have to tell you that I, I am equally excited about this basketball product coming to Dallas. I had the opportunity to, to attend your first season, the finals in Las Vegas and the energy on the court. And I just think the um, to some of the grassroots initiatives here in Dallas and the strength of our our youth basketball product here is is pretty special. So really hoping that our listeners and our fans are going to take the opportunity to head out to Fair Park Coliseum to uh, take shape of that and uh, really get to experience that. But, uh, you know, it's got to be um, a, a pretty big decision on where you take any of your sports, whether it is, you know, softball, lacrosse, volleyball, basketball. Uh, give us an idea, you know, why Dallas, why you thought that might make sense for basketball. Well, um, I mean, when we have uh, each of our sports is taking place in a different city uh, in 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 22 and now in 23, um, you know, so so each league, you know, with the five week season takes place in in, in one unique city. Um, listen, when we came to Dallas uh, back in 21 with volleyball, um, you know, we, we were still kind of coming out of COVID. It was still a little tough. Um, but we had such an incredible experience. I mean, you and your team, um, everyone we worked with in the city. Uh, I mean, I think you'd have to be under, uh, living under a rock not to realize that Dallas is really an epicenter of, of pro sports in this country and, and, and amateur sports, right? Everyone knows um, at every level, um, the big events that are happening there, obviously the pro teams that are located there. Um, and we found it to be, you know, a great home to, to, to run the league. And um, when we started to think about basketball locations for this year, um, you know, Dallas, once again, you know, rose to the top. And so um, we're, we're really proud um, to be coming back. I think, you know, like you said, um, it, it becomes very clear how deep the roots of amateur basketball go in, in the state. Um, obviously, with the Mavs and the Wings, like, you know, there's clearly pro basketball there already. We're excited to partner with both of those teams already. Um, we've gotten a great welcome from both of them. So that's, you know, just always terrific to see. Um, you know, we, we've been fortunate. We've had a great relationship with the WNBA in, in, in Las Vegas when we were there. And now that seems like in it, that's going to extend over um, to, to, to being in Dallas. And similarly um, with the Mavs and other, and other organizations, um, you know, we really want um, this to be a very open environment. Ticket prices, I think, are very affordable. We want everyone to come down. Um, and what's also really cool is that the way our format works, it's, you know, three uh you know three double headers per week and each night you're seeing all four teams so if you see a player's name in this league you can be sure that if you buy a ticket to come out one night you're going to see them play um so i think a lot of players you know some i've seen it in some other leagues where they where they wait you know for an opponent to come into town once a season and buy the ticket to go to the game there that doesn't happen in au every player you see listed on our website will be playing every night um, and I think also fans get to see you get a ton of access and exposure to the players as well. They're incredibly friendly and accessible. And, uh, and it's just it's, it's a really fun experience. John, you, you, you kind of touched on the fan experience. What what is something that Dallas fans who are, you know, haven't been to an AU basketball game yet? Um, you know, what would be the best your elevator pitch to them to come out to, to the game? Well, listen, I, I think I think two things. One. 
Um, every night you're getting a doubleheader. So it's great value, great fun experience. You know, each game's nice and tight with two hours and length, but you can, you can come for both, enjoy it. Um, two, um, you're going to learn a lot about the players. Um, when you go through the concourse, when you're sitting there in the game, you're going to see all this great action on the court. That's most important. But you're also going to learn a lot about the players, get exposed to them, um, and really feel that energy in, in the stadium. I mean, that's been part of the whole AU idea is storytell, a lot of storytelling, a lot of experiences. And then a lot of the nights you're going to see what we'll have uh, what we call themes um, or impact weeks. And so, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into sports. I think one of the reasons we all love sports is we love the great action, but we also love the way it connects with us personally. And I think that's something that everybody comes away with from Athletes Unlimited, whether you're bringing somebody, you know, for the first time to a pro basketball game or whether you've seen a ton, I think you're going to notice it's different. Um, but I think one thing everybody's, you know, ultimately you're going to see amazing competition on the court. And again, the scoring system is so exciting. There's, there's really no lull in the action because when you think about it, players are accumulating points every time they do something well, losing points, they turn the ball over, but then they also get points as the team when they win quarter. So one thing you'll see that's super unique in Athletes Unlimited is you'll see the intensity of the, going into the end of the first quarter, second third, or second or third quarter is like nothing you've seen before. It almost feels like you're watching the end of the game with that incredible intensity each quarter. And that, I think, is something I particularly love about, about our format. That, that, that's really awesome. Um, here on Mic Drop, we like to, to take some sports business angles. Obviously, there's a, a growing rise um, in interest in, in women's sports, particularly basketball. Um, you know, how, how has that helped you from a, a sponsorship side and a business development side? Yeah, it's very helpful. I mean, you know, I, I'm really um, excited to see, uh, obviously, our success and the growth. And we have, you know, everyone's got a long way to go, but but there's a lot of momentum. I'm so excited to see what's happening with the WNBA, excited to see what's happening in soccer, excited to see what's happening in, in, in women's sports like hockey and and others around the, around the country and also around the world. And it's great. You know, when I go into any conversation with a new partner or, or somebody we're looking to do some business with, um, you know, two years ago when we were starting out, I have to make the whole case for women's sports and explain and answer questions. Okay, well, you're going to do this, but, you know, no one else seems to be succeeding in women's sports. So now when we go in and a lot of the people we talk to have seen the success, not only that we're having, but others are having, and that just makes it so much easier, right? Start, you know, I don't have to start at the beginning um, uh, on the women's sports side. Um, people have seen the ratings, starting to see the audiences, um, you know, seeing the ticket sales. And then, you know, for now, I, I'm, uh, and more and more people know about the AU format. So um, that really helps across the board. And you're right. It's really a, it's a golden age of, of women's pro sports. There's just no question about it. Athlete, Athletes Unlimited is all about emp empowering your athletes, putting them first. Um, what are some of the ideas you've gotten from, from the athletes input and that have made AU better? So, so one of, I'll start with what happens on the court. I mean, uh, and this is, this is, you know, will be, will be interesting to people who don't know about athletes unlimited. So in AU, we, we have uh, coaches, but we call them facilitators. And we really put a, a lot of the power and control in the hands of the captains each week. So when you see uh, our draft at the beginning of the week, you'll see the captains making the decisions on who they want on their team. And then during the week, everyone, every captain's paired up with a, a facilitator, usually somebody really accomplished has coached at the highest levels, but the captain's the one that's responsible for making the decisions on the court. And that is just a, a totally innovative concept. Doesn't happen anywhere else in pro sports. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, fans will have a lot of fun with. And then every, um, 
player, I, th- I think we've made a real effort to you know support the players off the court as well as on the court. So each player is playing for a cause of their choice. Um, they get to talk about that cause. Um, I think we do a lot of great video uh, and original content that profiles what the players are interested in as people, not just with not just as athletes. And um, th- I think that's I think that's what fans of today are looking for. I mean, I think you know they come, they want to see you know amazing comp- competition on the court, but they also want to know more about the players. They want to know who they are, where they've been, and I think we've done a really good job of doing that. It's something that hasn't always happened in women's sports. The media hasn't paid as much attention. You know, when you think of some of uh, the pro male athletes, we all know of. You know, you know what they eat for breakfast, and you know you know, I don't know where they went on vacation when they were, you know, 22. Um, so you, you can find everything out. That's just not the way it's been for, for, uh, for women's sports and women's athletes. So we had to fill the gap and we've done a lot of that. So the biggest team we have at AU um, is, is our social digital content team. And it's just really trying to tell those stories of the athletes. So I always say, if you're, if you're a fan of a sport, you want to consume that sport 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. You, you you can never get enough of it, right? Never get enough of your favorite player. So we're filling that gap. And, and now we're seeing more media coverage and more, other, you know, more people paying attention. Um, but we're prepared to do it if they're not going to. Well, I, I know one of the other benefits, especially we saw it on the volleyball side is giving these athletes an opportunity to play here on the home soil in the United States, not to have to you know, look at maybe opportunities overseas and, you know, some of those have become even increasingly more challenging here of, of late. Uh, John, give us an idea. Where do your players, you know, come from? How do you get the athletes? I I know you have some WNBA players participating this season, so that's going to be exciting. And people are athletes who played last season coming back this season. So how does that process work? Yeah. So, so, I mean, I think as, as, you know, a lot of your listeners know, I mean, the W season runs, um, you know, from, from from the spring to the fall, and then a lot of the players in the W have gone overseas in, in the offseason in the past, and um, you know they've typically gone because you know they can make a lot of money overseas, um, and obviously they get to stay active. And then some players have just you know taken the offseason off; they train on their own, they do something. So when AU launched last year um, for the first time, um, players had a chance to to play in a competitive league in the offseason. I mean, it's kind of amazing, right? I mean, the W has been doing what it's doing for so long. Um, doing a great job, but, you know, to think that, you know, we were really the first to come along and say, hey, listen, there should be a place in the, in the off season um, for, for the players to stay that, you know, in the U S and so it was really well received. Um, like you said, you know, many of the players, about 40, 50% of the players in AU this season are, are, are in the W. So um, that's great. Um, there are also a lot of great talented players in the sport of basketball that, that haven't found a home in the W for one reason or another, or played in the W for a year or two, and then have gone overseas. I mean, there is a lot of great basketball around the world. Uh, and one thing, you know, people have always said is that, um, you know, they see how many players even get drafted into the W and they don't end up making the rosters, right? Cause there's just not enough teams, not enough spots. So, uh, there are so many great basketball players out there on the women's side, so we're really excited, and 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 obviously a lot of the big names are are you know are those players coming out of the W. But there's also this really exciting element of athletes unlimited where you may get to see a player play who uh, you may not know you know before, and they may excel. Many of those players last year that we had that weren't signed to W uh, contracts before our season ended up signing W contracts. So you know how, how much fun if you're a women's basketball fan to be able to obviously come out see some of your favorite players see some of the the veterans that have been stars that you maybe household names 
But then you also probably come across a player that ends up being somebody that, you know, really stands out to you and, and they go on to sign a contract. And, you know, you were one of the first people to see them play live in, in the U.S. at a pro level. Well, John, before we let you go, I have two other questions. One, I'm a little birdie told me and I'm, I'm hearing that you're you are thinking of ha having this staff uh, basketball game here uh, <laughs> during the season. You're going to get your staff out there to play. I know you've done this on the softball side, uh, but I'm worried if we have enough trainers uh, available uh, for whenever this is happening. Are, are, is this basketball game happening? Well, uh, I, I can't I can either confirm nor deny, but uh, you can be sure if it does happen that I will be out there. OK, uh, last year, I will say we, we did have a staff basketball game and I made a very, very good move to recruit a couple of the volleyball players who are on staff with us in their off season. That proved to be to be a, a really good decision. Um, and I have to say, I was a little surprised by how many of the staff members went after me. I mean, I didn't, I took a couple of charges here and there. It was, it got, it got ugly, but you know, no surprise, you know, we're a competitive bunch. You're not in pro sports if you don't have that competitive fire. So, you know, it's uh, keep your eyes out. We'll, we'll, we'll post it. Uh, hopefully the video stays, uh, stays private, but if some of it leaked out last year, I'm not sure I gave my, I'm not sure I gave approval or, or gave away my rights, but you know, they went ahead and did it anyway. And, you know, I don't think it blew up the, uh, the, the Twitter sphere or, or Instagram, but you know, uh, maybe this year. I'll definitely be asking for that video footage or <clears throat> for the time. So we can, uh, we can jump in the Coliseum and hide behind the curtain and watch y'all. Uh, and, and, and Monica, I just want to say, uh, I'll say it here now, you know, this is going to go on the record. I assume if we do have the game and we are going to invite you obviously to play, and I assume you will join us, right? Oh, no, I'm sorry, John. I'm having a double knee replacement, uh, so there won't be any basketball in my near future. So, But I will I will be a fan on the sidelines and cheer. Coaching, honorary coach? Can we get you to coach? I, okay. You might even get me to do that. No, no problem That's there. All right. Well, um, one last question. Uh, not AU related at all, but going back to your Tribeca Film Festival days, any favorite story or, or that you'd like to, to share with us? Oh my gosh, I love that one. Um, uh, what's a good story? Well, listen, it, it was an amazing experience being part of the team on the Tribeca Film Festival here. And, you know, uh, I will say everybody, everybody uh, always asks, you know, what was it like working with Robert De Niro? And uh, um, honestly, one of the highlights of my life, he's a, uh, he, he's a, he, interestingly, he's um, incredibly soft-spoken uh, off, uh, off the screen. Um and a very thoughtful and kind person and also a really great business mind. He's somebody who's built, who's done a lot in the business world. And so it was terrific um, to work with him and, and others to, to build the film festival in New York. And um, yeah, you know, it really worked after 9-11 to bring, bring New York city back together. And uh, I was really proud to be part of that, that team. So a lot of fun. Um, always loved, uh, you know, watching movies. One of my favorite things we did was we, we put a drive in on, on in, in in lower Manhattan. So we called it a drive-in, but you actually just sat outside. But I always thought it was one of the coolest things to be able to sit in lower Manhattan, watch a movie, have the skyline, Statue of Liberty behind you. And so uh, if people are in New York in June, they got to come to the Tribeca Film Festival. It's an awesome event. Well, John, I can't wait to welcome you and your staff back to Dallas. Uh, listeners, please go to auprosports.com for ticket information and more details about 
Athletes Unlimited, and quite honestly, all of their sports and all of their leagues, but uh, specifically for our upcoming Women's Basketball Professional League uh, starting uh, February 22nd at Fair Park Coliseum. So, John, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Monica. Great to be here. And now over to Rachel for a word from one of our sponsors. The NCAA Women's Final Four is coming back to Dallas March 31st through April 2nd at the American Airlines Center. Don't miss the electric atmosphere and witness the pinnacle of women's basketball. Learn more at NCAA.com slash Women's Final Four. We'll see you there. Now we're pleased to be joined here on Mike Drop Dallas by Erica Ayala. She's a Forbes contributor, the founder of Black Rosie Media. I know her from her coverage of women's hockey and basketball, and she covers all kinds of women's sports and has for a number of years. Uh, Erica, welcome to uh, Mike Drop Dallas. We're really, really pleased to have you. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on and chatting with you. Tell me about Black Rosie Media, your, your media company that you founded yeah, Kevin, thank you so much. So Black Rosie Media was founded in May. Uh, I went through a program, uh, they call it them accelerator programs, which are basically programs for young uh, or up and coming entrepreneurs to really get an idea off the ground. And my problem that I was looking to solve was that um, women, but particularly women of color, uh, find it difficult to find roles in sports media and then maintain those roles in sports media. So I wanted to elevate and amplify people of color, particularly women of color in sports media. So I started my own company. <laughs> That is a uh, that is a great way to do it is to take control. Let's uh, let's talk a little women's hoops. Dallas is about to become the epicenter of the women's basketball universe with athletes unlimited setting up shop at Fair Park Coliseum for thirty games starting on February twenty second, and of course the women's final four NCAA women's final four beginning on March thirty first. Monica and Marcus spoke with John Patrickoff of Athletes Unlimited a bit earlier. You wrote about it for Forbes. What's your take on the Athletes Unlimited model? Uh, well, I think it's a great model and John is uh, fantastic. And I think really when you look at their, their you know, title, the, 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 the unlimited part really comes from them wanting to have no limits. And I love that they started with women's sports kind of uh, to the point that I made about Black Rosie Media. But you see so many reasons that people give for the reason why women's sports is not anything from lucrative to successful or even popular. And Athletes Unlimited is really doing away with that in their model. And although they are not um, only uh, perhaps in the future going to focus on women's sports and women's leagues and women athletes or, um, you know, uh, non-binary athletes, I love that that's where they started. And also, I think that the unlimited part comes from the innovation in that we have seen, you know, 3x3 in hockey, <laughs> Kevin, uh, in basketball, but they're also kind of gamifying the game. So in the, with the advent of things like sports betting and parlays and, you know, pickums and stuff like that, you're starting to see that also through the athletes unlimited model, whether it's their softball program that they started or league that they started lacrosse. And of course, now with basketball, there's opportunities for individual athletes to rank, uh, to rack up points and, and rank high, which of course impacts the, the player pool and, and the monetization that they can um, have the bonus structure. 
Well, Erica, we've been uh, fortunate to host volleyball for the past two seasons, even started in during COVID. So I really consider John and his crew like our family here in Dallas. And I, I had the opportunity to go to the finals for basketball in Las Vegas uh, last year. So I know what to expect. But share maybe what, uh, from your perspective, what could fans expect to see uh, at this uh, this basketball uh, season and league? And can you maybe highlight a few players for our listeners to maybe look for? Yeah, well, Monica, well, first of all, that's amazing. And thanks for all the work that you've been doing. Uh, as Kevin said, there's a lot that's going to be going on and that's exciting in Dallas. And that's not even getting into all of the WNBA free agency moves that yeah. have been made <laughs> as we record this. Um, but yes, Athletes Unlimited, I alluded to it, but there's a point system. And so if we take basketball, things like um, how many uh, free throws you're making, uh, rebounds that you collect, those are all positive points that you can collect as an individual, as a part of your game stats. Then there are other things like turnovers and fouls, perhaps, that will count against your overall score. We actually do have a game score. It's a little bit of a math problem in hockey, but uh, this is a little bit more straightforward math. (laughs) Um, And so what you see is, and some of the players, uh, you know, Natasha Cloud is returning, excuse me, Courtney Williams. Uh, These are players, Natasha Cloud obviously has won a WNBA title with the Washington Mystics. Courtney Williams, we just saw in the finals again um, with the Connecticut Sun. So these are top tier athletes as well as young rising up and comers. We also have Lasia Clarendon. I mentioned, you know, non-binary athletes, Lasia Clarendon. Did not play in the WNBA um, last season and is hoping to make their way back. And he is one player, uh, Lasia Clarendon, like uh, Sydney Colson, who played in Athletes Unlimited. That was, as you mentioned, Monica, in Las Vegas and made the roster for the Las Vegas Aces and now is a champion. So I love that in five weeks, we get this, again, gamification within the game for the athletes to compete against each other individually and as a team, but then also the storylines that follow Athletes Unlimited. Some players uh, towards the back end of their careers, others trying to revive their careers. We know there's only a limited amount of spots in the WNBA, and it's looking like early returns still on the basketball side, but it is looking like Athletes Unlimited can be a place where talent, either that's uh, unearthed from NCAA overseas or even even just hasn't made a, a WNBA roster soon. They can be domestic, which is huge, especially thank goodness Brittany Griner is back home, but we know what that ordeal has been like. And unfortunately has been like for a lot of athletes uh, for years. And so now athletes unlimited is an opportunity for them to play domestically compete uh, for bonuses. And of course they have a salary as well, but then also make themselves competitive whether it's for WNBA jobs or even coaching jobs. So this year, also in Dallas, we will once again host the MCA Women's Final Four. Our goal, uh, like we like to do, to make it the biggest and best ever. Uh, <laughs> so have hefty uh, goals in front of us. But this will be the only the second time that the NCA has placed both the, well, all divisions, Division One, Division Two, and Division Three championship in one city. They did it in 2016 in Indianapolis, uh, now uh, this year in Dallas at the same venue. We're very excited about it. I like the 
the the additions of of women's basketball on the Saturday and uh, giving those uh, athletes an opportunity to to be on that championship court at the American Airlines Center. Erica, what do you think about that model? How did it work? Should the NCAA look to maybe do that on a more frequent basis uh, in the future? I think it's a great model. I mean, there's so much conversation that we've had about the Division One uh, tournaments being in the same city, the pros and cons of that. But I think I like this model better. And there's a lot of different reasons. One, it's a little bit more of a nimble and fluid model. Um, and you're supporting all of women's basketball. And I think that's critically important. Again, Kevin mentioned my um, involvement in hockey. And in hockey a lot, you see that in the pro ranks um, and somewhat on the international level, that Division three players, a lot of those players, some have come from Division one um, and went to Division three or vice versa. And a lot of that is just due to circumstance. We know that college is pretty expensive and not everyone is able to get a scholarship. So I think there's a bit of a farce when we look at really the discrepancies or why someone might choose division one versus division two or three. So I think that we can kind of really build out that, that narrative a little bit more and understand the nuances of it. But then also, again, um, having everything in one place, I think what people know when it comes to NBA Summer League is that a lot of business happens during Summer League. Becky Hammond mentioned that. But we don't really have uh, an epicenter other than the Final Four for women and a place where people can get a lot of business done. But even the the Final Four is usually a really tight, jam-packed, lots going on there. And so I think this is an opportunity, although it is still jam-packed and there's a lot going on, it's still an opportunity for um, a lot of people that are such drivers for women's basketball in particular to be in one location. Erica, as somebody who covers the women's sports beat closely, who is a, who do you think, you know, the most compelling athlete is right now? You mentioned Brittany Griner. That's obviously uh, a huge and, and, and difficult story. Who's an athlete that you would put in that category of most compelling to follow right now? Wow, that's such a a loaded question. There's so many ways to go with that question. I think we just talked about NCAA, and I I don't think you can ignore, um, you know, South Carolina and what Dawn Staley has been doing. And then you also look at one of her players that is draft eligible, um, you know, in Aaliyah Boston and just her story, even from, uh, you know, her her story where she was very aware that uh, she was kind of memified, right, as the, the, a, a, a heartbroken athlete and then turned that, the, that to tears of joy. Um, but then also as the, you know, college sportswoman of the year wasn't invited to the ESPYs. And so I think that she hits a lot of uh, different things there. That's not even getting into what she's doing on the court. Um, um, if you look at NCAA or excuse me, um, professional WNBA women's basketball, there's so many rising talents. And I'll probably give one that maybe not a lot of people are focused on. And that would be maybe it's also because I'm I'm a New Yorker, but Maureen Johannes is a fantastic guard and her guard play. I also have an affinity for guards, but her guard play reminds me of what I think was like the peak Becky Hammond years, Tisha Penichero years. And I think we're starting to see that renaissance again of just a fluid 
fun guard. And I really think Maureen Johannes, who plays for the French national team, unfortunately was injured. So wasn't playing in Australia in the most recent international tournament. Um, but then also another player that I love to give props to is Satu Sabali. And um, she unfortunately has been plagued with injury, but similarly to Boston or what Don Staley is doing. I think Sabali has a real opportunity to transform what we see as an athlete and the quote a responsibility that an athlete has to their um, to their sport versus to their community. And I know that Satu takes that responsibility on very seriously. As the dad of three girls, all of whom were athletes. I'm proud of Monica and her team for all the opportunities they create and the way they put women athletes in the spotlight for, for big events uh, here in Dallas. And we appreciate you coming on, Erica, to give your take on Athletes Unlimited and the upcoming NCAA Women's Final Four. Absolutely. it's It's been a pleasure to speak with you both, Kevin and Monica. And I, I echo what Kevin said, Monica. It's great to meet some of the, the or one of the people behind uh, such a fantastic time that's coming to Dallas later this, this year. So Erica, will you be here in uh, Dallas uh, possibly for the Women's Final Four? That's the plan. My plan okay. is to spend a little time with Athletes Unlimited and then yes, just stay for the final four as well. <laughs> awesome. Well, we will have to definitely uh, meet in person then. I look forward to it. Thank you both so much. Uh, so on behalf of Monica and the Dallas Sports Commission, thanks Erica and all of our guests today. Thanks to the Mike Drop Dallas production crew led by our producers, Marcus Next Level Car and Icy Strain, ran over at Vocal Media and uh, our visionary and showrunner, the great Tony Fay. Until next time, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>